0: Hi, welcome to the Romance Me Podcast. This is Erica.
1: And I'm Em, and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan, United States, Canada, Mexico, Mexico, Panama. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> I started laughing and then I couldn't keep going. Uh, I became too amused. <laughs> Should I do it again? No. Okay. <laughs> I I liked how it was like a train,
0: like an oncoming train (laughs) crashing into a wall or something. It was great.
1: It goes well, and then it doesn't.
0: (laughs) Today we'll be discussing Seven Years by Danica Dark. Seven years after disappearing, Austin Cole returns, along with his grumpiness and sexiness. Lexi Knight is trying to not appreciate either, as she attempts to learn why he left after Wes, his best friend, and her brother, died under mysterious circumstances. However, things escalate when her mother is abducted and Lexi learns a secret about her past, forcing Lexi and Austin under one roof so he can protect her and they can sort out their feelings. There will be spoilers beyond this point. We have content warning for obsessive exes, rapey dudes, and other man drama.
1: (laughs) No actual rape, though. No, not in this one. (laughs) (laughs) it's sad because it's true (laughs) yes well what was the state of things with lexi and austin before he left i feel like that is good to establish before we meet them lexi is 27
0: she lives in her hometown of austin texas and she basically is the manager of a candy store called sweet treats that she's worked at ever since she graduated from high school. She kind of belittles herself over her job choice because she didn't go to college or do anything amazing with her life. But at the same time, she also really likes her job. So it's complicated. Austin is 30. He was her older brother's best friend but when her older brother, Wes, died in what appeared to be a motorcycle accident, Austin just kind of up and left and has been gone for seven years. But before he left, a couple nights before Wes's death, Austin and Lexi shared a kiss. And that was the culmination of all of Lexi's fantasies about Austin. I think she had a major crush on him forever. And to her, Austin also cared about her that way but austin has a secret
1: can he keep it
0: no (laughs) (laughs) just no if he could this wouldn't be much of a shifter story (laughs) that's true okay so austin is a shifter he's an alpha and he has come back to town to start up his pack and the people he starts it up with are his brothers who are all named after other places. Basically, his parents traveled a lot and they named their kids after where they were conceived. It's a great legacy to leave your child. (laughs) I mean... We fucked here. (laughs) (laughs) And then we named you after that.
1: Yeah? I don't know. I have only snarky things to say. I guess the positive could be like, yeah, they were in love, so our love manifested here.
0: <laughs> our love manifested here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: uh... <laughs> well, that that's sometimes how people think of kids, right? Like, it is their, their love made manifest. Yeah, I guess. It's a very romantic view of children. Okay, sure. It's just a viewpoint. Take it or leave it i'm leaving it there and (laughs) okay should i get the chalk outline
0: (laughs) you're very punky today did you know that i am well if you keep heckling me i'm not gonna get any of this out
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll be quiet now (laughs) the whole
0: shifter thing in this book is different from what i'm used to keep in mind i haven't read a ton of shifter books but Shifters in this world live a long ass time. So some of Austin's brothers are like nearing a hundred years old, but they all look like hot guys in their prime.
1: Uh, of course.
0: Shifters also don't have control or memories of what happens when they shift unless they're an alpha. So that's kind of a new thing. I don't think I've seen that before in a world where we had shifters i mean that's kind of like a werewolf curse thing oh they don't view it as like a curse it's it's like a that's how it is that's the way the world works here that's their normal this world also has other magical beings of all sorts this is the first book in a series but it's also the seventh book in another series called the Mageverse or something
1: oh okay that explains some things
0: Yeah, I think that other series builds on some of the stuff with the mages and the immortals and some of the other occult beings, paranormal beings, whatever you want to call them. This book is primarily shifty. Shifty. (laughs) This isn't a thing that's out. Like, Lexi doesn't know anything about this at the beginning of the story. As far as Lexi is concerned, her brother died and then... Austin left, abandoning her family because he was basically another son. That's how much time he spent with them. And he just peaced out. Yeah. It really affected her. So she's kind of angry about it, hurt by it, all that. She has these unrequited feelings as well. Lexi's parents then had another child, Maisie, who is Lexi's six-year-old little sister at the beginning of the story, but then shortly after that, Lexi's dad decided he couldn't handle this. And he also peaced out, leaving the three ladies alone. So Lexi, her mom, and her sister. <laughs> really shitty. We learned some more about the shitty dad. He's definitely... We got the shitty dad in this book, folks.
1: Oh, goody.
0: At the beginning of the story, Lexi has recently broken up with her boyfriend, Beckett. They were together for two years. She thought this was it. He was her forever love. And then she happened to find him cheating on her in the backseat of her car. Lovely. And so she broke up with him and is now trying to sell her car because she doesn't want to drive around with that memory.
1: <laughs> Why ever not?
0: And any fluids.
1: <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs>
0: presumably she cleaned it I hope she did (laughs) Beckett has not taken the breakup well (laughs) he feels like he can explain himself and then Lexi will have to take him back (laughs) he he doesn't understand that one person can choose to break up the relationship and then that means the relationship is broken
1: but Erica the man has all the power (laughs) what he says goes
0: that's his point of view he just wants to talk supposedly Uh throughout the story he pops up and he just wants to talk it out and explain himself and then she'll forgive him and things will be fine it doesn't matter that he fucked another woman she's the woman he wants to come home to at night Uh uh-huh so romantic
1: i'm getting the feels the feels of rage
0: (laughs) i'm really happy (laughs) that lexi is the type of heroine who's like yeah no fuck that yeah (laughs) i deserve better than this
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i really appreciated that she had self-worth to appreciate she deserved better
0: every once in a while we'll read a story where the heroine will think well maybe i deserved it i (laughs) didn't pay enough attention to him or whatever and of course she didn't but you know there's that niggling doubt in the back of her mind or whatnot There's none in the case of Lexi. Lexi is just like, fuck you, dude. I thought we were together, but you broke my heart and I hate you now.
1: Yep. Good for her.
0: The story picks up the night before the anniversary of her brother's death. Lexi is leaving work and getting ready to commemorate the anniversary with her mom and sister. Every year they tend to have like a get together with family. But this year, they don't. Everyone else seems to have the idea that everyone should just move on from this. But Lexi, her mom, and Maisie, even though Maisie never met Wes, always have, like, a day where they want to think about Wes, which makes sense.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I mean... It does.
0: He did die, and he... Was a part of their family.
1: Yeah, there's no right way to do it.
0: So anyway, they go out to Wes's grave, I think, and then they go out to Dairy Queen to eat since they aren't having to get together with all the people like normal. While they're there, Austin shows up at Dairy Queen. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Th- this affects Lexi. It also affects her mom because her mom was really hurt by Austin leaving. he was he was a adopted family member essentially yeah austin sees them and bails (laughs) he's just like bye (laughs) 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 runs away later that night lexi gets super drunk and visits her brother's grave she's venting she's upset she's talking about all the crappy stuff that has happened since he died. And then she mentions that Austin is back in town and why the fuck is he here? And it turns out Austin is also at the gravesite. He, he he doesn't like that Lexi is drunk. <laughs> so he starts in immediately with the protector man. Just, oh, I'll drive you home. Last time you went drinking, I had to break a bunch of guys' noses. Lexi's like, you
1: did? <laughs> But why?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Aside from these seven years that Austin has been gone, he's been Lexi's secret angel protector man type of guy. Lexi has never really been aware of it to an extent. She always thought, well, the the things that she knew about, she figured it was because he was her brother's friend and her brother took care of her. The next morning, Lexi wakes up in her car in her mom's front yard with no memory of driving there. She assumes she drove herself there. Silly really? girl. She's just like, well, crap. I'm a dum dum. The next night after work, she's walking to her car, and Michael, who is one of her crappy exes, this is the one who took her virginity in high school, shows up and sexually assaults her. It's uh, really crappy.
1: What a charmer. He
0: doesn't. He doesn't want to take no for an answer. He,
1: yeah, he's he's horrible yeah he's really fucking disgusting.
0: Austin magically appears and rescues her almost kills Michael she's like, Okay, well, thanks, bye <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I mean she's not obligated to like jump into his arms. You know what I
0: mean no i don't I wasn't expecting her to, but just her reaction to all of this is just <laughs> okay, well, bye.
1: and we're done here, right <laughs>
0: I wasn't expecting her to leap into Austin's arms or be beholden to him in any way whatsoever. But maybe she didn't want to get the police involved because Austin almost killed Michael or something. But I mean, Michael assaulted her. Yeah. I I don't know. So it- it's fine. Who knows if the police would have believed her anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke. But
1: um, Yeah. <laughs> when it's not funny because it's kind (laughs) of (laughs) true uh
0: the next day Lexi has a pretty princess pigtail day I think that's what they call it with her little sister Maisie it's where they put their hair up and they go do something fun Lexi has a really active role in Maisie's life because her mom is an older mom Only works part-time, and Maisie doesn't have any other adults in her life, aside from her sister and her mom, so... Anyway, Lexi takes Maisie out to an arcade, and while Maisie is off playing, Beckett shows up, again, he's popped up a couple times already, before this, and he expects Lexi to forgive him, again. (laughs) And she says no. Forgive-give? She says no in a really dramatic way this time and it makes him angry Mm. he leaves she goes to the bathroom to cry austin shows up in the
1: bathroom (laughs) uh stalker much santa this is a weird place for you
0: (laughs) he wants to know what's wrong lexi doesn't want to tell him what's wrong he gives her his number and asks her to call him so he can tell Her, why he left those seven years ago. I am assuming he also wants her forgiveness. (laughs) Uh. Lexi pulls herself together. She goes back out to the arcade to find Maisie and take her home, but she can't find Maisie. Where the hell is she? She starts experiencing that panic that you feel when you've lost a young (laughs) child. She's freaking the fuck out. And then she sees Beckett holding Maisie's hand in another section of the arcade. He had lured Maisie out with a ring and he's just standing there holding her hand. And when Lexi sees them, he just looks at her, drops Maisie's hand and then walks off. Maisie doesn't think anything's wrong because Lexi's been dating Beckett. So she knows him. This really creeps Lexi out. It feels like a threat to her. Yep. Does she tell anyone? No. No.
1: How did you feel that was handled in the story? I found myself frustrated with
0: Lexi. She, I think, is the type of person who's used to relying on only herself, probably because of her history. Yeah. She's had to be the rock for her mom ever since her dad left and be Maisie's second parent almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think she trusts her mom to handle her own feelings very well. She hasn't even told her mom that she broke up with Beckett because her mom liked Beckett and she doesn't want to disappoint her mom. That, I think, is the motivating factor for her not to tell her mom about this whole situation. I feel like the way she handled it was in line with her character. I didn't like it, though. I didn't think she handled it correctly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think she did either. But I agree with you that... I think that her not telling her mom was because she didn't want to disappoint. Even though it's not her actions that were disappointing.
0: Right, but she's one of those heroines with that sense of over-responsibility that so many women have. And she's trying to manage her mom's feelings. Yeah. It makes sense.
1: Yeah, I also disliked once Lexi got Maisie back and she was trying to explain the situation to Maisie while not scaring her explaining that that was a not correct thing to do she said something that comes across as you only want to accept a ring or go off with your prince yes no the problem is it's like oh so if he had offered her candy it would have been fine or if he would have said a dog is lost can you come help me look that would have been fine yeah the ring wasn't the thing that she should have been <laughs> warning her about. I think she should have at least told Maisie, hey,
0: Uncle Beckett isn't our friend anymore. Yep. So we don't like him anymore. We don't trust him anymore.
1: Yeah, I think if she felt that threatened, she should have said, not to scare you, but you can only go off with me or mom. That is it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was that whole conversation. I'm sitting there going, I don't know if it's getting framed this way because of romance. Like, it's in a romance story or whatever. So she's setting her up. But yeah, I had huge problems with that.
0: I was really disturbed by the Maisie character throughout the story. Yeah, me too. She's a six-year-old girl. And I did some digging uh, she is also the heroine of one of the later books in this series
1: that's what i was afraid of
0: <laughs> and she ends up with one of austin's brothers
1: yeah yeah that's what i was afraid of
0: and you can totally tell in this book that that's what the author is angling for for a future book and it's disturbing because this girl is six years old
1: yes the phrase grooming came to mind <laughs>
0: Yeah, I really felt uncomfortable with the whole Maisie situation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's why the whole, like, Prince thing and then, what was his name? Dallas or Denver or whatever, some city. Denver. Yeah, it was like, wait, this feels like this is something. Yeah, it was icky. I was super uncomfortable from that point on. And also influenced my enjoyment of the story, frankly. Same. (laughs) When it's getting set up that way, because it's just like, well, now I'm worried about the six-year-old the whole freaking time. No, same. (laughs) Because I'm like, this feels like this is a setup, and
0: I'm just sitting here uncomfortable. Yeah, because it turns out, too, that Maisie is special. She's not just a human child. She's a potential, which means that the first guy she fucks, she'll be able to take on his characteristics so if she has sex with a shifter she'll turn into a shifter if she has sex with a mage she'll turn into a mage great (laughs) (laughs) keep in mind this is a six-year-old child we're discussing
1: hence the great yeah i just i couldn't with that
0: yeah and i mean it's common in romance series to set up future books like oh Here's a character we're pretty sure will get a book. We're pretty sure these two will end up together in a book. But this person, this character, is a little child. Not like a young teen, which would still have been creepy, but a young child. Basically still a baby, you know? Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Just, ew. Yeah, very much still believes princesses are real. And is sort of encouraged to think that way too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Let's keep her mindset like that of a child. Which I'm not saying that children shouldn't be kept with child mindsets is not my argument. (laughs) Like I said, it's like it's just it's gross. I I can't.
0: My brain is overloaded with ick. The magical thinking mindset was something that really bothered me. The Set up for Maisie for future books really bothered me. But at the end of the day, nothing gross happens to her no. in this book as a no, child. It doesn't. She is in danger during parts of the book, but not in a sexual way. No. Thank God. Um okay. Moving on. Onward. Lexi takes Maisie home, then she goes back to her apartment. She hangs out with her friend Naya. I liked Naya. Yeah, me too. Naya is her neighbor. She's kind of a man eater, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't treated badly in the no, story. No, no. negatively. But Naya's hanging out with Lexi at her apartment, complaining about a party downstairs. She called the cops about the noise. Normally, that's not something Naya would, would do, but she's kind of butthurt she didn't get invited, I guess. A plainclothes officer shows up to Lexi's apartment and takes their names and says he's going to go talk to the people downstairs, but he seems kind of creepily interested in Lexi. Yep. Naya is interested in the officer, but the officer ignores Naya. (laughs) Every man on the planet is creepily interested in Lexi, to be fair.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if it was like the (laughs) in-heat thing. Or if it was just like, because of romance. It's hard to tell.
0: No, there was a point where Later, Lexi learns that she's a shifter and she's never shifted before. Often this happens at some point in a person's 20s. When Austin is explaining this shifter business to her, one of the things he mentions is that shifter women tend to be very private and keep to themselves in a pack and be protected in a pack because they're highly attractive to humans Just by virtue of being a shifter woman, they're sexier. They have some sort of appeal. So she's got magical shifter sexiness. And then you brought up the in heat thing. Well, yeah, that's another thing in the story. Female shifters go into heat, which is like, (laughs) I guess, any animal going into heat, kind of. But I think only alphas are able to tell when it's about to happen. Oh. And then the other shifters can tell during the heat itself. So I don't think that was drawing the men (laughs) to the milkshakes in the yard. I think it was just the shifter sexiness. And then there was also the fact that Lexi was brought up human, so doesn't put off men in a way that a shifter woman would if she was raised as a shifter woman. I guess they're taught to be more assertive about putting off men. Lexi tends to be pretty passive about putting off men yeah so that's a whole thing but Lexi doesn't know this yet no one knows this yet the next day Lexi has some errands to do she has Naya's cell phone with her because Naya accidentally left it at her apartment so she's planning to drop it off at Naya's work later that's another interesting thing in the story is that Lexi doesn't have a cell phone she has a landline with an answering machine quirky she's not a techie sort of person which is fine I think it was kind of a plot device for Lexi to only get information at certain points in the story.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: It felt kind of obvious to me. She could instead have been the type of person to just never charge her phone or accidentally leave it at home all the time. And that would have been fine
1: too. Or drop it face down, as some people have done. Yeah, cell phones are so hard to have in stories depending on what the story is like especially if it's any kind of suspense or murder or whatever
0: well and the thing in this story is the author sets up okay lexi doesn't have a cell phone with her so anytime she's in a situation where she might need a phone now the author has to give her a phone for some reason
1: or the author just makes austin just spontaneously show up like he's stalking her the whole time yep because he is because he is. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is, <laughs> I was kind of wondering at a certain point when she was going to bring that up to him, which it is much later in the story than I would have thought reasonable. The first time, okay. Seriously, by the third time, she hasn't mentioned it. <laughs> Especially the times that he's showing up and the places he's showing up. That wouldn't give her an inkling in the back of her brain, like, something's weird about this, or I should bring this up or mention something. <laughs>
0: Like, how did he know to find her
1: at the arcade? Uh Uh-huh. Anywhere. Fucking anywhere. He explained why he could find her at work. Work or her apartment. Anything beyond that? I have questions. (laughs) Especially since he's been gone for seven years, he doesn't know her routines that well. And if he does know her routines that well, why, after seven years, does he know her routines that well?
0: (laughs) Because he's he's a magical shifter man.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, you're a woman living alone and you don't seem to understand threats the way I think you should. She really doesn't. Or curiosities. Again, he's her hero or whatever. So we know he's not a threat. But she doesn't know that, right? Until she knows that he's the one for me like that kind of thing. She kind of assumes that he protects her because of Wes, still. Still, dude. I mean, let me put this in another context. If you started showing up everywhere I was, <laughs> I would have questions. You wouldn't just be happy to see me? <laughs> Initially, yeah. <laughs> but in a short span of time, at the weirdest places, if you kept showing up, especially where I was, I'm like, I'm almost in danger, I'd start to have questions. I wouldn't necessarily say I feel threatened or anything because, you know, we've known each other for a tick and you're my best friend. So it's not like I would be like, Erica, and then go into like ninja mode or something. I'm not saying that. But I would be curious as to how you keep happening, how you keep entering my life. Shh, don't worry about it. Yeah, no. I worry. <laughs> is again if even if you take all the the dangery aspects out of it i would still get really fucking curious if you kept turning up
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you would think so (laughs) you're just paranoid unlike lexi lexi is not paranoid yeah i mean maybe it's valid (laughs) no i agree with you i think
1: she should have felt a little more curious The first couple of times, okay, and and depending on the place, okay. But yeah, at a certain point, it's kind of what the fuck.
0: I agree. (laughs) One of Lexi's errands is to go to the graveyard and make sure she didn't leave her bottle of whiskey behind at Wes's grave. (laughs) Awkward. It isn't there, so she's not sure where it went. Well, (laughs) they do kind of disappear. But... A large, angry dog is there. Hello, Fluffy. Lexi climbs a tree to escape from it. She's kind of not sure what to do. She's like, well, I could call the cops, but I don't think they'd do anything. I don't know. I guess I should call Austin. I'm supposed to call him at some point. So she calls him, but she doesn't ask him for help. She's (laughs) just like, yeah, I'm calling to figure out what's going on. You told me to call you.
1: (laughs) Just chilling in a tree, saying howdy.
0: He figures out that she is in danger. Because
1: he hears the dog.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's all, where are you? So she tells him, he comes and- Oh, but I
1: don't need rescuing.
0: When the car arrives, the dog runs off. Austin says the dog was actually a wolf. Lexi's like, eh, whatever.
1: (laughs) I am unconcerned.
0: Austin goes with her to the laundromat another of her errands she says okay well you can tell me while we're at the laundromat what your whole deal is he tells her that Wes was actually murdered and when he left he left to quote take care of unquote the guy that killed him and then later he became a bounty hunter as you do there's More to the story, and Lexi is pretty sure that he's hiding stuff from her and she calls him on it and he's all, I can't tell you here in public.
1: (laughs) I have to be shadowy and sneaky.
0: Oh, and there's this whole sexual tension bit too, because she got scraped up on the tree that she climbed. And so he has to whip off his shirt and clean her up and everything. And then he throws his shirt away and he's just topless now. He's all up close to her. That's fine. She starts catching him up on the town's gossip, and then after laundry, he comes home with her. She's like, "Okay, so what is it then?" And he tells her he's a shifter. And she's like, uh-huh. "Yeah, sure you are. Uh huh. So you're crazy now. Got it."
1: Wow, <laughs> oh, hot boy grew up crazy. Wonderful. <laughs>
0: she doesn't call
1: him on it or anything. It's just, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, uh huh. well i mean yeah you can't really depending on what somebody thinks you can't really call them on it sometimes it's better just to leave sleeping dogs lie she's like
0: oh well can you show me and he's all no because i don't trust my wolf with you he doesn't know you yet (laughs) and she's all oh that's a good
1: excuse good job buddy (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well if i gave your wolf belly rubs would we be cool
0: (laughs) naya shows up she thinks austin's hot she kind of checks out the situation is this a guy lexi's interested in lexi has decided she's not interested in him she's just like yep you go ahead naya enjoy naya makes dinner and brings it over for the three of them There's some point where there's a bunch of music going on downstairs. The loud neighbors from the other night, Austin, leaves and makes them turn down their music. And they actually do. How exciting. Yay! The next day, or maybe, yeah, I think the next day, Lexi finally gets a call from someone who wants to check out her car and maybe buy it. Yay! (laughs) She drives off to a mall or something. No, it was somewhere else. I don't know. She drives off to this place that it's technically a public place, but it sure didn't feel public enough for me. (laughs) I think if I were going to meet in a neutral location, it would be the police station parking lot or something like that. But she does not do that. The guy who wants to check out her car is creepy and hot. His name is Lorenzo. And he hits on her. He says he's going to pay double for her car if she'll go out for him. She's all, uh, yeah, sure, dude, whatever. (laughs) He says, actually, I'm not really interested in the car, but I am interested in taking you out. And she gives him her number. (laughs) So (sighs) that happened. (laughs) Lexi isn't feeling well. So she stays home from work. She kind of feels like she has the flu or something. Beckett comes over to talk again. He tries to take advantage of her. It's really gross. Lexi isn't really putting up much of a fight. I think it's because she doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah, she must have been feeling pretty bad to not put up any fight at all.
1: I know it was unclear to me, like, if it's because she was just feeling sick or if it was her tactic for survival.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe she's one of those that freezes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I I wasn't
0: sure which it was. Austin magically shows up and punches (laughs) Beckett out, drags him outside, and then takes Lexi to bed. He lays in bed with her, cuddling her, I think trying to make her feel better. I don't know. Comfort her with his magical alpha energy. (laughs) He tells her that he has realized that she's also a shifter. He can tell now because she's coming up on her first shift and that's why she doesn't feel good and the reason cuddling with him is something that she's enjoying because she's obviously enjoying it is due to his alpha-ness. Lexi passes out when she wakes up her room is trashed and Austin looks a little beat up turns out when she passed out she actually had her first shift and turned out to be a wolf just like Austin but she wasn't really submissive like Austin expected. What? But she has no memory of the shifty. But there is the evidence, you know, her room is fucked up and Austin looks fucked up. (laughs) She's starting to believe it. Austin tells her, well, your parents weren't shifters and so you must be adopted. Lexi's like, well, okay, maybe I'll find out if I'm actually adopted. If I am, then that's one more check in the yes, this is all true column. She goes to confront her mom and learns that yes, she kind of is adopted because it turns out her dad was a real shady guy and would often come home covered in blood and then one night he came home covered in blood with an infant (laughs) and that infant turned out to be Lexi he assured Lexi's mom no no this infant doesn't have parents
1: just trust me on that
0: so they adopted her Lexi's mom fell in love with the baby And they decided they were just going to pretend like this baby was theirs to their whole family and never tell Alexi the truth. Yay? Kind of made me wonder about the mom. Like, this woman's judgment (laughs) is not that great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when I got together with your dad, he was a real rough guy, but I thought he stopped. Until one day he came home (laughs) covered in blood with a bloody baby, and I realized, oh, well, maybe he didn't stop. (laughs) I guess we'll stay married and raise this child as our own. Yeah. All right. Sure.
1: I've suspended my disbelief. Sure.
0: Her mom doesn't know any more info about where she came from or anything. So Lexi decides she's going to have to get in touch with her dad somehow to learn more. Later, Lexi's at work. She goes on her lunch break. She's really hungry after her shift. So she's getting a lot of food. And she runs into yet another gropey ex. This one is named Josh. It's great. He shows up at lunch. He's like, oh, Lexi, so nice to see you. Can I join you for lunch? Ew. (laughs) She tells him no. He joins her anyway. Mm. Austin magically shows up again and scares him off. Lexi shares that, yes, I was adopted. And then he tells her more about shifters, which did not make sense because they're in public. He couldn't talk about this before in public, but now he can. Mm -hmm. But he says she's part of his pack and he'll protect her because he protects what belongs to him. She's like, I don't belong to you, dude. He's like, (laughs) you'll find (laughs) out. Don't worry. He wants to introduce her to his pack. She's like, "Okay, fine. She's starting to sort of believe him now. He takes her to his house and she meets two of his brothers, I think Denver and Jericho. Sure. Jericho is characterized as like a man whore who is a rocker type dude. Denver is like a cinnamon roll type guy, I guess. Jericho shows Lexi his wolf. So now she's a believer. She understands that this is all real. She takes it pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) she spends the night there Lexi and Austin sleep in the same bed together but nothing happens and then Austin drives her home Naya comes over and is like yeah that officer came back looking for you Lexi's like oh okay thanks and then she finds she has a bunch of messages on her answering machine there's one from the cop he had something to say to her about her dad Um, there were eight calls from Beckett (laughs) There's one from Lorenzo, which was relatively normal, leaving his number. She writes the number down. She kind of likes Lorenzo. And then there's one from Maisie saying someone had taken their mom. Lexi starts freaking the fuck out and she's getting ready to drive right over to her mom's house. Austin is like, no, I'll drive. So he takes them to the mom's house. When they get there, Maisie is also missing. It's not good. This is when things ramp up. Dun, dun, dun. it's a very plot heavy story mm-hmm. austin's like well i'm gonna take care of this one of his brothers reno comes over to guard her and austin puts out a message to other packmasters to keep a lookout for lexi's family lexi spends the night at austin's place again he shares a house with like all his brothers and it's kind of crowded it's weird Pretty soon, though, that night, another alpha from another pack named Prince (laughs) found Maisie walking down the highway and he stopped and picked her up and then brought her to Austin's place because he heard about the missing girl. Maisie had told him that the guy who took her was bald. Lexi's like, my dad is bald. Oh, shit. (laughs) Was it my dad? Maisie seems fine. She really likes Prince. He's her prince. Mm hmm. They all spend the night at Austin's place. Oh, this is when the heat thing gets brought up because Prince, I think, brings it up. And then Austin brings it up and no one explains it to her. And Lexi's just like, what the hell is this? Why? Why? (laughs) I don't know why she didn't ask more about heat at that point. But maybe she's just kind of still dealing with all her feelings about learning she's not human. I don't and know. her parents aren't her real parents and I, I don't know it was weird i would want to know if some strange guy comes over and he looks at me he's all yeah you're gonna go into heat soon i'd be like what the fuck are you talking about man <laughs> <laughs> do tell what does that mean <laughs> so she and austin share a bed again they kiss but then he stops the kissing he kind of chalks it up to the heat addling his mind And there's a point where, you know, no, she's the good girl and he's the bad boy and they can't be together. And I'm like, well, does he have like some sort of complex? Like, does he think he's not good enough? And I didn't really get a good answer for Austin's whole mindset. He seems very standoffish with Lexi throughout the whole book up until the end. It's bizarre. He will cuddle with her in bed and he's always there protecting her. But aside from that, I didn't get like any chemistry from him toward her at all
1: yeah same
0: there are a few points where we do finally get into his head and we get a little bit of his mindset and it's mostly just he doesn't know if he wants to make her his mate because wolves mate for life he doesn't know what kind of person she is now that they're grown up which i think is pretty good i mean that's fine Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but Then there's all the weird alpha sexualness that's odd. Odd in what way? Well, we haven't got to this part yet. But when she's when she is in heat, he takes care of her. But they don't actually have sex. He just makes her orgasm a bunch, which helps alleviate her heat. Mm -hmm. And then there's the point in the story where it's like, yeah, women will or women female shifters will come to their alpha for that sort of service. Anyways, it's not like a sexual thing for him, or shouldn't be necessarily. Or maybe it is, but it's like expected. Or I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was new to me. So (laughs) there you go. He has like these extra feelings about it. When Lexi is involved, he's more into it than he expected he would be. But it, it just, okay, so... Let's say, just hypothetically, there's a pack. you got a pack leader. He's mated. Does he still take care of unmated shifter females in his pack during their heat? Good question. Yeah. Is that like part of his duties? And if so, is that okay? I don't know. I have questions. <laughs> Why can't the shifter female just take care of herself with a vibrator? Why is that not okay? Why won't that help? I don't know. Why does the alpha have to be involved?
1: Maybe the alpha only thinks that he needs to be involved.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: And the only reason
0: (laughs) it has to be the alpha that helps is because he's the only one who can have self-control around a shifter female in heat. Otherwise, she's going to get raped by other shifter dudes. Nice. Because they don't have any self-control around that, I guess.
1: Wonderful.
0: It's just, I don't know, part of the shifter culture in this world that I just don't really understand. And it kind of weirded me out a little bit because, again, we didn't really have a whole lot of chemistry between the couple. (laughs) And so it's like, I I don't know. I'm not sure why. So in addition to like the whole weird alpha stuff, (laughs) we have Lexi's feelings about austin she's sort of admitted to herself that yes i do have a crush on him still i've always cared about him but it's obvious he doesn't care about me that way she's not really sure why maybe just he sees her as a little sister or something he does introduce her to everybody as wes's little sister by the way (laughs) yes like i think it's a safety thing for him i think he's telling everybody nope she's off limits because she's Wes's little sister but who knows
1: yeah hard to tell maybe that's
0: why she's off limits to him too i i do not understand austin's whole thing with with it like he is in love with her but doesn't want to act on it or something and he's always felt that way Maybe he thought he couldn't be with her because he didn't realize she was a shifter, but now she is, so he's not sure what to do.
1: Yes? I don't know. It's not clear.
0: (laughs) We don't get any answers, only questions. Yes. All right, so there's also this added complication of Lexi being concerned about being unsafe around Maisie because she's still relatively new to shifting. She hasn't developed this relationship she needs to develop with her wolf and so she can't be alone with maisie because she's concerned she'll accidentally shift
1: that's okay denver will babysit that's what happens ah (laughs) (laughs) amazing
0: oh yeah shocking they stay with austin's pack for a while kind of for that safety Not only for Lexi to not have to be alone with Maisie, but also just they still haven't found her mom. There's just a bunch of things going on. Austin really doesn't want her to leave anyway, but we don't really know why. It's, I don't know. And then there's the whole thing with Lexi. She doesn't really belong to the pack. It's complicated. (laughs) The next day, Lexi goes to take care of business, doing some more stuff that she needs to do, and leaves Maisie in the care of Denver. She checks her phone messages. There's a bunch of them from Beckett. There's some from Lorenzo also. Kind of creepy and obsessive. I just don't... She does not seem to feel the sense of creepy and ew that I feel (laughs) upon learning that she has people obsessively calling her.
1: Different strokes, dude.
0: (laughs) I mean, Beckett, especially because of the whole thing where he acted like, I'm going to take your little sister if you don't get back together with me or something creepy like that. (sighs) But also, Lorenzo, like the first message he left her was totally fine. And he kind of left it like, well, I'll leave the ball in your court, babe, type of thing. But then he keeps calling her. He's like, okay, (laughs) dude. All right, kind of thirsty over here. Got it.
1: I left it in your cart and then you didn't do anything with it. And so now I'm insecure and nervous. (laughs) And I feel like I need to make my overture even more aggressive.
0: (laughs) Yes, and that's apparently not creepy to Lexi at all. Nope, not creepy at all. She calls in to cash in some vacation time at work. She lets April know that she's dealing with some family stuff. April is her co-worker who's kind of younger. I think she's in her early 20s, but she seems cool. She has a book, FYI. Then she calls Lorenzo to apologize for leaving him hanging. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's surely what she did. Mm-hmm. And she says she's just having family problems. Lorenzo's like, okay, well, I just want to cut to the chase here. I'm a shifter and I can tell you are too. If you need my help, I'll help you. She asks him if he knows about the missing woman and girl. And he says, oh, yeah. And she says, well, that's my mom. And so he offers to help her. And she accepts because she figures, well, the more people helping me look for my mom, the better. They've all decided not to call the police because <laughs> we don't do that in this world.
1: Nope.
0: Of course, she does kind of think about it at one point, And then she's all. Well, they'd probably just say that she left with Maisie and not treat it like a missing person's case or something. I don't know what they would do, but she has this voicemail from Maisie saying someone took her mom, so.
1: Insufficient proof.
0: <laughs> I mean, they might take that seriously. I don't know. They also found her sister wandering the side of a highway.
1: <laughs> no, she's just out for a stroll, as six-year-olds do. <laughs>
0: lorenzo shows up he helps out you know he gets his pack involved they're all on the lookout he's clearly clearly into lexi he's like so you got a pack <laughs> <laughs> you have a mate
1: subtle dude
0: <laughs> you single <laughs> you want to fuck <laughs> He drops her back off at Austin's, but he tells her she should probably go home in less than three days, implying her impending heat. So he can tell, too, because he's also an alpha, in case you weren't sure. (laughs) She still doesn't know anything about this heat. Aside from she probably shouldn't be around a bunch of horny shifters while she's in heat. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) And she doesn't think to ask either, which was weird, because she asked Lorenzo some other questions, and he was pretty forthcoming with the knowledge. So, you would think that maybe she'd ask him. Nah. No, it's just girl stuff. Can't be bothering these men with the girl stuff. (laughs)
1: Let's just not inconvenience them.
0: Austin... Tells Lexi they're gonna go on a road trip to Oklahoma, just the two of them, to talk to another packmaster named Ivan. On the way there, they camp out, and Lexi shifts again to let her wolf out for a run. This is when we finally get into Austin's head for the first time, and we learn that he's always loved her, but he just isn't sure about making her his mate. Okay, dude. should her get off the pot, man. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> she's obviously into you man (laughs) but i guess he's just writing it off like no it's my alpha energy she's attracted to and she's almost in heat so she's all hypersexual right now anyways and i I don't know i don't know what he's thinking about any of it it's aside from that he's just not sure about it
1: he's thinking no (laughs) i guess it sure seems like it (laughs) And, and he's kind of jealous of lorenzo
0: throughout the book too but it's just weird like i don't know it's, it's just weird he doesn't lay a claim on her so anytime it comes up he's all yeah are you gonna go be with lorenzo she's like i don't know should i and he's like well, i don't know <laughs> i guess if you want to <laughs> uh,
1: communication skills excellent <laughs> no
0: chemistry at all just none (laughs) zero chemistry all right they make it to ivan's Pax house they meet up with him he seems like an older dude he's kind of interesting lexi decides she needs to go take a bathroom break austin's like oh i'll escort you to the bathroom lexi's like no that's weird (laughs) so she goes by herself and when she's done she goes out into the hallway and gets backed right back into the bathroom by these three (sighs) <sighs> rapey semen dudes Wonderful. it was just like ew and then she blacks out which we're learning means she turns into a wolf and her wolf kicks their asses so luckily that happened but no one seems bothered by this <laughs> like I, just, I don't know she wakes up naked lying on the tile with like a robe over her and austin's there they're just like yeah you kicked their butts
1: <laughs> that's it. I know. This whole book is like a norm I just can't relate to. (laughs) And it's just, it's difficult. And
0: Ivan's just like, yeah, uh, good job. You're a feisty one. Not like, (laughs) I'm sorry my underlings (laughs) felt rapey and tried to (laughs) hurt you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just, ew. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a fact of shifter life. If you're a shifter woman, you're just gonna be around a lot of rapey guys all the time.
1: Essentially invest in weaponry. (laughs) That's my takeaway from this. Because apparently it's not a big deal to anybody else. So if you want to be
0: safe. You gotta tie yourself to a strong man to protect
1: you. Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: (laughs) because if if you got a man who who's your owner slash protector and <laughs> other guys will leave you alone that's what i'm taking away from it
1: yeah well two is I guess.
0: <laughs> honestly <laughs> i think the shifter females in this world got the short end of the stick. <laughs> agreed not only do they not remember what happens when they shift <laughs> which no one does unless you're an alpha but They also get to go into heat, which sends men into crazy mode. Also, all men are just kind of in crazy mode anyway, because of your shifter sexiness. (laughs) I think I'd go join like a convent, you know? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Go to Themyscira and (laughs) join up with Wonder Woman.
1: It just... just Drives me a little bit crazy when the world building is that way. To where it's something yeah. about the female character that she can't control and the male characters, or a significant number of them, lose the ability to control themselves.
0: It's not believable either. Like, I don't... No, it isn't. I don't like stories where the man can't control himself.
1: No, it's it's not reality.
0: No, you can always, always choose to not rape always yes it's really easy you just (laughs) keep your penis in your pants and don't touch any of their parts
1: like any of them at all and you'll be fine it's not hard yeah it's consent just consent it's not hard (sighs) yeah but yeah no it's it's when the worlds are like this that i just sort of sit there and go I don't get it. I feel bad for all of the females. And now I'm in pity mode. <laughs> yep. Which I've I've discovered after reading so many of these romances that that's what happens. Yeah. As I just go into, now I feel bad for everybody. Well, not everybody, but certainly the females.
0: Well... We continue to feel bad because <laughs> Ivan
1: the good feelings do not do not return. The bad feelings continue. Good to know. Ivan
0: decides, "Yes, I will help Austin if you take my daughter into your pack." So, he basically uses his daughter as currency. <laughs> you will pay me back by adopting my daughter into your pack. Enjoy. <laughs> In return, I will find this human woman that you're looking for. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll do that.
1: That sounds reasonable to me.
0: And then we meet Ivy.
1: Who Hi, is Ivy. Ivan's
0: daughter. And she's she seems cool. She's kind of quiet. She seems like maybe she's a little shy. She also has a better understanding of shifter life than Lexi does. But unfortunately, Lexi doesn't get to learn a whole lot from her. I was a little disappointed by that. I thought maybe we would get some more insight. No insight for you. Lexi only learns about shifters from Austin and Austin isn't very forthcoming.
1: (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) You have to know the secret handshake and the handshake is done with your penis.
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's not an agreeable mental image
1: sometimes my humor is best kept to me
0: (laughs) (laughs) so the three of them austin lexi and ivy go back to austin's place ivy kind of gloms on to austin because she's expecting him to protect her because he's the alpha she's being introduced to this pack full of horny men lucky her And Austin's like, this is our new
1: sister, Ivy. (laughs) Let's just make this weird. (laughs) She is off
0: limits because she's our sister. (laughs) Oh, my God. I guess that's what you got to do.
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. Lexi,
0: I think, is feeling a little jealous. (laughs) No, I think it's almost more like she feels like she doesn't fit in.
1: You me both, Lexi.
0: She realizes I think that that she's been put in the sister zone in the pack as well, <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, "Why am I here? I don't understand why I'm still here. I'm going to take Maisie and go home.
1: You can't leave. We have plans for Maisie.
0: uh well, they do she she does she does take Maisie home. I think Maisie's asleep. Or no, maybe Maisie's being babysat by Naya, I'm not sure. But at some point, the cop shows back up, and we learn that he's not necessarily a cop. He is looking for Lexi's dad, because Lexi's dad stole a bunch of diamonds from them, like his boss or something. He's apparently a mage, immortal person. I think you get more background from that if you read the other series, I don't know. And we find out that the reason Wes was murdered was because he wanted to be immortal and made a deal with those guys and was told to kill a young shifter, Alpha, who turned out to be Austin, and Wes refused, and that's why they killed him.
1: Oh, the drama!
0: So a lot of info dump there. He leaves, and then Lorenzo comes over and starts, like rubbing on Lexi in the stairwell in front of her apartment almost makes her orgasm he's like talking about yeah you're almost in heat and if you come with me I'll make sure you're well taken care of baby she's kind of like lulled into this whole alpha thing he's got like the alpha magic or something Lexi does realize oh wait you know what maybe I don't want this to be happening right now and so she pulls away and then Austin shows up and is grumpy Of course. There's this whole kind of thing between Lorenzo and Austin. Austin's like, well, she's part of my pack. Then Lorenzo finds out the situation with Lexi. Like she's adopted by a human family. And he goes, Oh, well that's very interesting because my uncle's wife, my aunt had an affair and had a baby with this affair. And then my uncle put out a hit on her and we thought both the aunt and the baby died. But I think the baby is you, Lexi. What? We get some verification because the baby's name was Tallulah and Lexi's middle name is Tallulah. Lexi is like, ew, we're cousins? Gross. <laughs> You're off limits now, dude. Lorenzo's like, um, no, we're not blood cousins. It's fine. Lexi's like, yeah, no. Uh-uh. Ew.
1: <laughs> Different norms.
0: Never mind. <laughs> lorenzo leaves austin happens to see a birthmark on Maisie that makes her special that's what we talked about earlier lexi goes to check on april at work discovers the ac was turned off and she tries to contact her boss and figure it all out and we learn that her boss is in the hospital because he has cancer naya agrees to watch Maisie again so that austin and lexi can go out for barbecue lexi gets drunk she's kind of flirty with him there's this one point that she points out that he has barbecue sauce on his chin and he says, Why don't you lick it off? And she sucks his chin and it's supposed to be sexy. And I'm just like, Ew, chin sucking. Why?
1: <laughs> Chins. The next erogenous zone.
0: If you're into chin sucking, let me know. But I never thought it was really a thing, okay? Until like a couple of years ago, I was reading this series by this particular author who had a thing for chin sucking because it appeared in every book. Like, that was part of what happened during the sexy times, sucking the chin. And I was just like, why, though? Like, (laughs) why the chin?
1: To each his own.
0: Just say jaw and it would be better. (laughs) Why the chin? I don't know. I just picture, like, like, like a big suctiony hose thing like (laughs) over someone's whole chin like (sighs) and it just grosses me out and takes me out of it (laughs) i I don't know but maybe it's a thing and i'm just not in on that thing
1: yeah it's okay i'm not in in on that thing either but to each his own i'm really really not in on that thing
0: (laughs) austin is though he liked it yay for him Lexi goes to the bathroom and then she heads outside and is sitting on the curb looking for Austin's truck and passes out. When she wakes up, she's at Lorenzo's house. He's like, yeah, where's your uh, other alpha guy? He wasn't taking care of you, but here I am. I'm taking care of you and look at my awesome house and look at all my awesome stuff and look at all the things I could provide for you. Look how amazing I am. Lexi's like, yeah, but you're my cousin, though. (laughs) Lexi calls Austin and learns that they found her mom! Yay! Yay! Lorenzo drops her off at Austin's place again. So, we have a reunion. The mom is fine. She was kidnapped by the dad. And then the dad decided he didn't want Maisie anymore. He decided Maisie wasn't his child or something. And so... He dropped her off on the side of the road. Nice. And that, that's what changed uh, the mom's opinion of the dad.
1: Oh, God. Something Up until
0: that him. point, he was fine.
1: <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> so Maisie and the mom are staying at Austin's for protection. Lexi goes back to her house. She finds a ton of roses all over her apartment from Lorenzo for her birthday a real sweet message from him it's really nice naya comes over she's all into the roses oh wow you got a rich dude into you Hmm." while this is happening austin has gone off to order a custom lollipop bouquet for lexi's birthday he remembers her favorite candy is lollipops and he remembers the certain kind that she likes and it's really sweet And he's ready to give it to her, and he overhears this conversation between Lexi and Naya, and he's just like, Oh, well, obviously, my gift is no good. I will just leave. (laughs) And so he slinks off with his tail between his legs. A couple of the lollipops fall on the ground. He goes back to his car because he's keeping an eye on her or something. He also sees some other dude keeping an eye on her. He's worried about this mage guy. It turns out it's actually one of Lorenzo's guys. I don't know. It's a whole thing. But while he's off being all manly and sad, (laughs) Lexi goes out to check her mail and she finds some suckers on the ground. She picks them up. She's like, Hmm, this is interesting. And then she goes back inside and Beckett is in her apartment and he's drunk and angry and horny and just gross. He like, picks her up and he throws her into the roses (sighs) and attacks her and he's like strangling her he's crying he's like you made me do this so he's murderous at this point (sighs) lexi doesn't let her wolf out because she doesn't want to hurt him i guess (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) that's a point of view
0: Luckily, Austin shows up just in time to save her, and he lets his wolf out, and his wolf kills Beckett pretty viciously. Lexi's passed out from her injuries. Austin forces Lexi to shift so it will help heal her. So when a shifter gets injured, if they shift back and forth, something about the shifting process helps them heal. So she's a wolf. He takes her back to his place again. Lexi's mom finds out Lexi is a shifter because why the fuck is this wolf here? Oh, wait, it turned back into Lexi. Oh, my God. Ah, she takes it in stride. It's fine. Austin shifts into a wolf and he kind of stays as a wolf for like a day or two guarding Lexi. He's very protective. Lexi kind of suspects that maybe he's also ashamed or something like he's hiding from her, but she doesn't know what's going on lorenzo had found out about the wolf that treed her and apparently that was one of his pack members and so he gifts lexi with the dead body of that wolf and some other wolf who apparently also did something bad that we don't know it's okay i guess lexi is like oh that's nice (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah apparently lorenzo you know means it so that's good (laughs) i guess Also, Naya is really cool. She's also apparently a shifter and she helped get rid of Beckett's body for them. So that's nice of her. And while this is happening, Lexi is sitting on the porch with Austin and a lawyer shows up and informs her that her boss died and left the candy (laughs) business to her. And now Lexi's heat has finally arrived.
1: Yay.
0: Austin says, oh yeah, Lexi and I are going out alone bye and he brings her to the new house that he bought for the pack he has decided that the house he had is too small for everybody and he needs a bigger house
1: (laughs) and their issues (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) and this house that he bought was a former hotel or something and it's on 15 acres and There is, like, this side, I think it's a joke. It's not really told in a jokey way, but I found it funny about the marking territory.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets,
0: like, he buys, like, a bunch of Gatorade for the guys so they could all go out and mark the 15 acres. Mm. (laughs) They're constantly peeing on shit. I'm surprised (laughs) Alexi didn't get peed on because, man, there's a lot of peeing in this book. A lot of marking of territory. Mm. Okay, so they're at the new house. They're all alone. It's very sweet. He tells her about the lollipop bouquet. He gives it to her finally. She loves it. They kiss. It's hot. But Austin's like, yeah, we're not going to have sex when you're in heat because that would just complicate things. This is like a biological thing. If we actually have sex, then you could get pregnant and that would be complicated. And, you know, let's just... Take care of you, which we talked about earlier, so that happens. But then after that, things are awkward. They go back to the other house. They're still sleeping in the same bed, but kind of like they're siblings almost. No touching, no hugging, no nothing. And they don't really talk about what happened during her heat either. Just apparently that's just a fact to shift her life. You go into heat, you go to your alpha, and he makes you come a bunch of times, and then you're fine okay but we already talked about that and i still feel like it's weird so there you go
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's not weird you're weird
0: well i think the other (laughs) thing too is we have some of the viewpoint in austin's head at the during that part of the story and i just don't get anything from him like i don't get like longing or interest or anything it's just like yep i'm doing a job And I'm enjoying it more than I expected, but I would do this for any shifter female in my pack who needed it.
1: You are not special. (laughs) Just, (laughs) kinda, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They tell everyone about the new place. Lexi's mom, all of the guys, and Ivy go to the new house to fix it up, start painting it, start furnishing it, getting it ready to move into Lexi is with Maisie at the other house. She has Austin's phone with her in case he needs to get a hold of her. And she uses it to call Lorenzo. She asks what he could offer her if she joins his pack. And he lists a bunch of things. But he also talks about how he's got three other women. And that's just how things are. And obviously he wants her. But (laughs) she'd have to be okay with all that. He has all the riches and whatnot and is willing to share, but she's just not interested. She wants to be in Austin's pack, even though it seems like he doesn't really want her in the way she wants him. She's decided she's going to be in Austin's pack. But while she's on the phone, her dad comes over and sneaks into the house and grabs Maisie. Lexi hears a scream. I think she's on the phone with Austin at this point, talking to him. They know something's wrong as well. Uh, Lexi goes to find Maisie. The dad has her. He reveals that he had stolen a bunch of diamonds and then Maisie had stolen them. Before he dropped her off, she took the diamonds and hid them somewhere on Austin's property (laughs) and hasn't told anyone anything about it. So that's nice. The dad really wants the diamonds. He needs them because... The mages and whatnot are out to get him. He shoots Lexi in the arm.
1: That's helpful.
0: Then the mage McNeil shows up and he also wants the diamonds and he's upset with the dad and it's this whole thing. And at some point, Maisie escapes the dad and runs to the mage because he's wearing a uniform. And they told her, if you need help, go to the one in the uniform. Unfortunately, that was not maybe good (laughs) <laughs> then Lexi convinces the mage that, hey, if you let Maisie go, I can get her to show me where the diamonds are. And so he does, because that's all he really wants. He's he's not necessarily there to hurt Maisie or even Lexi, really. Although he's definitely a bad guy. Things are looking kind of dire. The dad still has a gun, he's pointing it at them. It's a whole thing. The mage is like going to shoot electricity or something. And then all of a sudden, all the wolves show up and save the day. Uh, we get all the wolves. So there's Austin and his brothers and Lorenzo and some of his guys show up. And then even Prince. Denver takes Maisie away from the carnage to protect her. Prince attacks the mage and manages to kill him. Lorenzo has captured the dad They intend to take care of him, (laughs) if you know what I mean, because (laughs) he's the one who killed Lexi's mother slash Lorenzo's aunt. And by mother, I mean birth mother. Austin is fine with Lorenzo taking the dad off his hands, but first he punches him a few times because he's angry. And then that's over. Yay. That's great. And then... Austin and Lexi finally talk things out. They share I love you's. They have the sex. Lexi formally becomes a part of the Weston pack, which is Austin's pack's name. And that's all sweet and all, except I'm just like not feeling it at all. Did you feel it at all? No,
1: but I don't think that will really surprise you.
0: (laughs) I was just, okay. And then Austin takes Lexi on like this romantic picnic and he shares the love letter he'd written that he had planned to give her when he was going to give her the lollipops, but didn't the first time. And then he blows up her old car for her, and it's so romantic. And that's the end.:
1: <laughs> Sounds romantic. I can feel the romance. <laughs> How is the audiobook? Well. The audiobook it was narrated by Nicole Poole. I really liked her vibe. I don't know how to express it better than that. I think she did a good job. The things that I found problematic were not in the narration. She seemed well cast to play Lexi.
0: Awesome. Are you happy for their happy?
1: No. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) I think it's probably pretty obvious that the answer would be no at this point. It's along the lines of what you've already mentioned. Like, it just... Couldn't. It felt like they did not have a good dynamic. Nope. With whatever issue that came up, the way those issues were resolved was not in a way that gave me confidence that the characters would be okay long term. I guess you do want to get the sense that they're going to be okay. Like, they found each other, all the feel-goods, the feel-goods will continue. You know, not that they won't have ups and downs, but overall they're going to be okay. And I just... they... Were a couple that I was like, oh, they're together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of saw it coming because nature of things, but yeah, I, I I don't have confidence that they would be okay long term. I, I guess I don't feel happy then. What about you?
0: No, I don't feel happy for them. No. I don't understand why they're together. I didn't feel any chemistry. I didn't understand why Austin was so hesitant throughout the entire story. I had a little bit better understanding why Lexi was. But then he throws her any kind of bone at all and she's just all about it. And so then it's fine, I guess. It wasn't believable to me. I wasn't feeling it. It didn't feel like they were a couple. No. It felt like a paranormal mystery adventure type story up until the very end where the author's like oh yeah yeah i forgot you guys have to fuck there you go (laughs) oh yeah there's this heat thing you're in love now by the way fyi champagne (laughs) it felt awkward to me and i just didn't care for it at all
1: yeah i I don't know if it was like a two different masters kind of thing you know like trying to be the mystery murder mystery-ish thing. And trying to be the romance, and that's why. Because it felt like they got enough... They didn't really feel like a couple, but it felt like they, they had enough couple time.
0: Yeah, there was enough opportunity for chemistry to happen. Chemistry just didn't happen. So I don't really understand why that's the case. I mean, maybe I just missed it and
1: didn't see it. I feel like what this is, is like a science teacher... About to do a demonstration. And it's like, and here, these chemicals, we're going to put them together. And it's going to be amazing. And you put them in it's oil and water. <laughs> and you're just like, that did not do what I thought it was going to do.
0: It's <laughs> so not the ones that make the volcano.
1: Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what it is, is they just, they coexisted more or less quite well. But there wasn't interaction, the right kind of interaction, the give and take.
0: There were so many times that they shared a bed, right? Right. That was a big part of the story.
1: And you like the shared bed trope.
0: Yeah, but nothing happens when they're sharing a bed. At at most, they cuddle. I think there's one time where they kiss. And it's just like, I'm not feeling it at all. Like, there's no excitement, you know, there's no worry about being able to control yourself if that's what the problem is there's no nothing (laughs) yeah yep they're sharing a bed because there's not enough beds in the house i think that there was a lot of opportunity for that to have created some more tension i think really the only point in the story where there really was sexual tension between lexi and austin was at the laundromat and austin shuts all that down real fast and then lexi just writes it off as her silly childhood crush yeah and she even gives naya the go-ahead like yeah sure fuck him i don't care and it really seems like she doesn't care yeah and then all this stuff with lorenzo which could have been more of a jealousy thing and there really wasn't i think austin was sort of tepidly jealous but not in any way that really mattered for the story (laughs) like, I guess if you want to go with him, it's fine. (laughs) Okay, thanks, dude. So let's rate them. Yay. How do you rate Lexi?
1: I wanted to rate her awesome, but she's awkward. (laughs) For me. (laughs) There are things about her that I really, really liked. Lots of things that I really liked. I enjoyed that she didn't see Beckett cheating on her as a fault in her. She was trying to keep him out of her life. He was just an obsessive fuckwit. Sadly, realistic. I feel like she she tried to get the things that she wanted. And her choices, a lot of the time, felt really like getting Lorenzo interested. Even though that was weird. For other reasons. But like, hey, more people looking for my mother and sister. Good thing. Yep. Even though Austin is butthurt, it's like, well, dude, what's your big solution? Oh, buying a woman, and so somebody else can go help. <laughs> That's great. Oh, and the woman is our sister now.
0: It's everybody's <laughs> sister.
1: Everybody's brothers and sisters, and this isn't weird at all. <laughs> different way of thinking, different norm, but at the same time we're going. Eh? There's a lot of things I liked about Lexi. I think maybe such situ- I, th- I think it was the. And also the repeated rapey things. Oh, yeah. Which that's, that is not Lexi's fault. No. I blame her god. Her creator. A little bit. Yes. Because it was just like, come the fuck on. At a certain point, I'm like, really? Really? Again? Again. I'm glad she could defend herself and and all of that, turning into a wolf or whatever she had to do. I guess I'm glad that she got stalked so that, austin could save her from being raped
0: multiple times multiple times
1: my problems with her character and the world that she was in aren't necessarily lexi's problems but yeah i I wanted her to be awesome but i think some of the aspects of the book just made it awkward for me it's like yes i keep rooting for her but i just i'm I'm tired of rooting for her not to get raped (laughs) which is again not her fault but why why in the story why Uh, and i mean the heat thing that just feels insufficient as far as a reason what about you how did you rate lexi
0: i rate her awesome Mm, okay i pretty much agree with your assessment i think she is pretty awesome for the most part but my big problem with her is that she was pretty passive Mm,
1: yeah she was it
0: felt like she just let people do things for her all the time yeah. And it was really frustrating. Every time that Austin shows up, she just doesn't question it at all. <laughs> she doesn't find it creepy that he installs cameras all over her apartment building <laughs> to protect her.
1: The walls have eyes.
0: The passiveness really, really hit me when we learn that she's a shifter and she's just not seemingly interested at all in learning about what that entails.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about the culture? What about this physical crap that happens to me, like this heat? What about, I don't know, pack dynamics? It's just weird to me that she would learn something like that about herself and not take action. Yeah. Any action. And the impending heat, she was just gonna continue to hang out at Austin's house, I guess, and let the heat get her. (laughs) Luckily, Austin could tell that she was gonna need to leave and took her away. But not doing something is still making a choice, I guess. And why? (laughs) Why did she make that
1: choice? I don't know.
0: It was frustrating. It was really frustrating. And so she can't be fully awesome aside from her other awesome
1: qualities. What about Austin? (sighs) Ugh. I put him as awkward. I mean... It's almost boring and awful, really. There was the stalking thing, the camera—like th- those are just freaking creepy. I'm sorry, the creepy. Yeah, I don't understand why he is creepy, and then gets rewarded with the heroin. Granted, I'm treating her like an object. I apologize, but that's the thing—is like they should be awarded with each other, and yay to that. But the whole time, I'm just going, "Yep." Plus, add the creepy with the lack of chemistry, and it just. I don't know it just he didn't work but I mean he didn't do some of the bossy alpha hole things that others do but I don't like the idea that well he's not as bad so he's good (laughs) I rail against that I resist that way of thinking even though I use that way of thinking sometimes he just didn't work for me I feel like Lexi could do better but she wasn't given the chance to do better she was given Austin what about you
0: I rate him awful. I just didn't like him. That's fair. I thought he was a boring hero. I thought he was interested in all the wrong ways. Like, he's super t- protective, so he's going to stalk her and put cameras up all over the place and make sure she sleeps in his bed at night so that no one else can have her. But then we don't get any payoff from any of that. Possessive behavior that happens in other romance stories. Yeah. So I'm just left with feeling the creepy part of it. (laughs) And I didn't care for that. And on top of that, I don't really understand his motivations at all. Like, at all. I just, (laughs) I guess he feels like protective because Lexi's family is his pack. He considers them pack. Okay, that's fine that part was okay but he's loved her ever since they were teenagers but never acted on it and still intends to never act on it <laughs> until finally he decides to act on it
1: <laughs> i'll just keep it buried deep deep down not with her brother's body because i didn't kill him
0: why did he decide to act on it finally i don't know i don't understand so i just thought it was pretty horrible. He's a bad hero.
1: <laughs> I, I have to protect her because she's... I I wonder... Oh my god. It's This literally hadn't occurred to me until now. <laughs> I wonder if you could t- interpret his actions as being in love with Wes. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I've got to protect his little sister. Yeah? I don't want to be with you. I don't want to be with you. But i got to protect you because you're Wes's little sister. Yeah, That would have been a more interesting story. Granted, I don't think that that was at all <laughs> the author is intending. I'm just trying to explain behavior. And I'm just thinking, well, that would make sense. <laughs> I mean, I think there's better options, but it would explain things.
0: Well, before we move on to the antagonist, I wanted to talk about the mother a little bit, because there's some stuff with the mother that I forgot to say. Oh, okay. You know how she and Maisie were living with Austin and... She's helping them fix up the house. And then she basically decides she's going to move in with them and be their mommy.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, like a Wendy to the Lost Boys.
0: Sort of. It is just really uncomfortable for me because it's like, oh, the mother character can only be happy mothering. Hmm. Yes. She can take care of these boys because her son is dead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they pay her, but then... Lexi figures that at some point her mom is going to force them to stop paying her because she loves doing it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And it felt like they were taking advantage of the mom. Yeah. This mom character is also incredibly passive, so I guess that's where Lexi learned it from.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: But, dude, you feel like (laughs) the best place to raise your six-year-old daughter is in a house full of horny wolf boys?
1: (laughs) one of whom wants to babysit her all the time yeah yeah so
0: i rate the mom awful
1: (laughs) yeah yes i second that
0: (laughs) i mean i feel for the mom but i just don't get her at all
1: no i don't get her either
0: all right well let's talk about the antagonists slash villains
1: yay okay My list is really short I know yours will be longer but I've got creepy cop guy that you know is bad news like from the start (laughs) you know he's fucking creepy she doesn't pick up on it which it's fine if the main character doesn't initially not everybody's paranoid I don't expect them to to be looking at the world in shades of are you bad news See, I disagree with you
0: about her not picking up on it, because the only reason we know he's creepy is because she feels creeped out by how he keeps looking at her.
1: Oh, that's true. But then she doesn't do
0: anything about it.
1: Yeah. Then she's back to being passive. Yep. Well. That
0: doesn't make him less bad.
1: Yeah, I guess I forgot that she got creeped out. I just remember thinking, like, especially with the questions he was asking, I was like, why do you want to know that? That's not pertinent. I I use suspiciously. And then I also put her ex, of course. Ex, the rapey. Beckett. Yes. On the awful list. I feel like both of these guys were, I think they did the jobs that they were supposed to. I just kind of wish maybe they had been giving different jobs, especially the ex. The repetition of the rapey. And then the dad, of course. I don't have any weird name for him. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. I don't know. He was a bit awkward. I needed more, I don't know, explanations or something. I get frustrated with bad for bad's sake or evil for evil's sake. They often fit well in stories like this or they're often done in stories like this. So I let it, let it go. But it, when they are, I think the only time I'm really into it is if they're appealingly evil. <sighs> I don't know if a better way to put that. That. Also doesn't make me sound like a psychopath. Fun evil? It has to fit a particular way in a particular story. Otherwise, I'm sort of left questioning, like, but why would he do that to his family? Did he never give a single shit about them? Or is this Mm -hmm. just self-preservation? I am left with way more questions than I like in my baddies. Yes, so those are my verdicts. What about you?
0: With the dad, I think... He left the family initially because of his grief, right? I guess. I'm assuming, And then, well, I mean, a lot of marriages break up when they lose a child, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's true.
0: So I kind of got that. But then he continued doing his job, which was this underhanded work with the mages. And then he learned that. They killed Wes, and so he stole the diamonds to get revenge for them killing his son. But then they reacted by presumably targeting his family or saying they were going to, which is why I think he took the mom and Maisie, but then for some reason he decided Maisie wasn't his kid anymore and abandoned her. I don't know. That part was weird. So yeah, I don't really understand his motivations too much either. I rate him awkward. I think he's like maybe the primary baddie in this book. The mage, I rate Awkward. I think maybe he would have been a better villain if I had read the other series. So I kind of had a better understanding of all that mage stuff. (laughs) But I mean, okay, he he was fine, I guess. He was looking for the diamonds. It made sense to me. Like, okay, he's looking for the diamonds. He wants the diamonds. (laughs) Give him the diamonds so he'll leave yeah it's fine it's kind of where i was at with it he didn't seem like he was gonna like it seemed to me that if they gave him the diamonds he would leave them
1: alone (laughs) yeah i agree with you i think the mage would have left i think he saw the hot mess of all the people was like just just give me my shit and i can go please
0: I I really don't want to be here for this. And I mean, he did kind of look down on the shifters. There's like this cultural element to everything that we didn't really touch on. But at the same time, he's just like, I don't want to deal with this. I just want my diamonds. Thanks. And then, of course, Beckett, he was, I felt, pretty effective simply because he kept showing the fuck up and being an actual threat.
1: This is true. Yeah, you're
0: right. It seemed weird in this story that we don't really understand. I guess he's there to show how obsessed men, human men, can get with shifter women. Yes. I think that's his point of existing.
1: Yeah, it's his main point. I think other men made also that point. Like the yeah the ex from school or whatever. Not ex, but jackass from school.
0: Yeah, there were the other exes that kept showing up. Yeah. And being all nasty, rapey around her. Just ew. So it does seem like she has this shifter sexy thing that gets guys obsessed with her and it kind of got beat into our heads. Yes. But I would say Beckett is pretty effective because he was pretty creepy. and Yeah, you're right. I think he did a good job with that. <laughs> all the other creepy rapey dudes in the story yeah they were fine i guess it felt like there were a lot of them and
1: i literally lost track of how many
0: it kind of bothered me that it was completely normalized by the end of the story it's just like yep that's how guys are Mm -hmm. and then there's the pack culture that you know isn't very good toward women like normal unfortunately that's that's not new
1: well this tracks
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of just awkward because i don't think we got a whole lot about it just enough to make me feel gross
1: (laughs) (laughs) which feels like it's enough
0: yeah i guess
1: i don't know i mean if it's just going to be continued grossness i'd rather not know more but it doesn't inspire (laughs) it's not like ooh, this just makes it more interesting. It's like, no, I, I feel like I don't want to know more because I feel like it's just going to get more upsetting.
0: And then there's Lorenzo, who, he's not <laughs> evil, but he is an antagonist in the story. I kind of didn't mind him.
1: I know, right?
0: He was creepy, but, like, at least he was definitely hot for her. Yep. <laughs> Unlike our hero. so. <laughs> yeah i don't know he's a hero in a future book so there's that if anyone else liked lorenzo there you go (gasps) Hmm. yeah i thought he was effective he was pretty antagonistic toward he i mean he
1: tried he did try
0: he tried so hard to make austin jealous and austin's like (laughs) "Eh,
1: okay i'm above this pesky human emotion Uh, how did you rate the book? I gave the book a two. Uh, I don't. It's weird because I, I felt like I was enjoying it pretty good, even with all the rapey weirdness. And then it just, I don't know, it just kept going. As far as the oh, oh, another, another dude that isn't his brother is there. Let me guess. He's gonna try to rape her. <laughs> like it just, oh, yep. It just became too much. It really was. And then the whole thing with the little baby sister. And even her advice where I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Bad Lexi. <laughs> that is not the takeaway. <laughs> what about you? I rated it a two as well. Oh, yay, same Yep, Yeah, we match.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, the level of enthusiasm with that. <laughs> I really struggled with this book. It took me forever to read. Yeah, you had mentioned that. I think the only reason I didn't rate it a 1 is because I thought the pacing was fine. Well, no, that's not even right. I don't know why I didn't
1: rate it a 1. You can change your rating. You can do what you want. We rule here.
0: I think the reason I rated it a 2 was that I liked Lorenzo. Yes. I liked Lexi. Yeah. I thought... The world building was interesting, what we got of it. Yes. I felt like there was more there that could be built on in future books. I appreciated that. I just didn't really care for the book, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know that I'll continue to read it or (laughs) continue to read the series or anything.
1: I don't know. It's weird. Like, I genuinely am going back and forth in my head, like, do I want to continue... Do I not? Are they all not going to have chemistry? Because that's regretful.
0: Part of me wants to skip ahead and read Lorenzo's book and see if he has chemistry with his heroine.
1: And part of me legitimately, like, I don't know how I'm going to feel reading this book and then watching Maisie grow up in the background. Yeah. I just don't know how I'm going to feel about that. My level of discomfort now is enough to where i i don't know i don't know because if it's just gonna make me angry i'd rather not i can listen to other things that make me angry if that's what i want
0: yep just turn on the news
1: exactly you know (laughs) there's there's a whole lot of other avenues i can go for that or watch watch or read or listen or whatever to something that will make me not angry which is also a really good place to be
0: i think that's the better choice
1: Honestly, if it didn't have the little sister thing in there, I probably would. It would be a, oh, I'll get to it, like, perhaps, just to see. It could go on the list. But the Maisie thing, the Maisie Denver thing, just, and I know it's, I know, or at least I'm telling myself, she'll be of age, but it just, the whole, I, I don't, yeah, I just can't. <laughs> I'm a child, sorry. <laughs> I just make noises and go nonverbal. <laughs> to express my dislike <laughs> i feel like a wild animal a little bit i don't have words only sounds <laughs> Which, words are sounds but anyway well <laughs> i feel like i know the answer to this but it's our shtick so i'm gonna do it did you feel romanced no oh <laughs> <Aww>, i'm sorry <laughs> maybe next time <laughs>
0: uh maybe i don't know i hopes for you yeah i think the astonishingly non-existent amount of chemistry ouch <laughs> pretty much put the nail in the coffin for me as far
1: as whether or not i was gonna feel romanced i feel you
0: you know that's the thing you kind of have to get right in a romance novel <laughs> that way i could be forgiving of all the other things in the book if need be if you get that part right yeah you're good
1: i agree but it wasn't there for me it's a deceptively hard thing to do but it is a necessary thing i think especially if you're gonna throw a lot of these other types of things into the story pot oh yeah did you feel romanced me uh no (laughs) shocker that's a big no big no i don't know if me per se but you're willing to endure a lot of bad in a book for the emotional payoff in the arc right yeah if that's not there a reader can only put up with so much (laughs) (laughs) what what else have you been reading i just started i'm not very far into it however i've enjoyed books in this series before, so even though I'm not very far into it, I feel comfortable in recommending it. It is Death, Dates, an Oracle by Kristen Painter. It is book 15 in the Nocturne Falls series. Yikes, she's up to 15. Good job, lady. My goodness. You will like this. There are many, many cats. It is Kitty Overload. Yay! Yes. So if you like the fictitious kitties... They they have multiplied in this book. The last book didn't have any. This has many. Oh,
0: she's making up for it.
1: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> You'll like it. So Eamon is a socially awkward dude. And part of the reason he is socially awkward is he doesn't like to know how much time people have left. So that's his magicalness. That's his supernaturalness. Ah. He can see an hourglass above people's heads that tells how long they have understandably it makes him shy away from people like avoiding eye contact almost to keep his like gaze low so he doesn't see that he works as a mortician
0: (laughs) of course he does
1: (laughs) so one day a woman moves in next door and she doesn't have an hourglass above her head what what is this what is this weirdness so he's obviously he's got to go meet her her name is trula She is an oracle who's staying with her aunts while in Nocturne Falls. So, yay! Cool. I know, I'm excited.
0: Gosh, I need to catch up on the Kristen Painter books. I think I'm too behind now.
1: Oh, well, you've got some catching up to do. And there are kitties. Lots and lots of kitties. Lots of adorable
0: kitties. I need the kitties and I need the fluff. So bring it on.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not very far into it, but... Uh, which I usually don't like to do until unless I'm at least halfway through a book. So I have a real good sense. But since I have loved this series and keep going back to the series, I feel like I could just be a couple chapters in, and recommend it because I, I like it so much. It, it's fascinating to me that like she's 15 books in and it still feels new.
0: Yeah, she does a good job. I think part of it is that she's created the setting mm. as the tying factor between the stories so while some of the characters know each other and whatnot, it doesn't get as old as if it were like a family of brothers or yeah. something like
1: that. I think you're right. I think you're totally right. Anyway, so what have you been reading? Is it a Kristen Painter book?
0: <laughs> no, but it's another one of my super favorite authors, Susan Trombley. Yay! I've recommended many of her books before. This one is the fourth in the Iridian Universe Love Story series called My Ant Monster Mate. Okay. Yeah, so if you're into giant ants with wings, you will like this book. Alrighty. Ant ant guys, ant men, Aunt, but not ant man, that's different. <laughs>
1: Although I guess you could picture Paul Rudd if you wanted to. I mean... I mean, a lot of them, because it would be men, so it would be a lot of Paul Rudds. Why wouldn't you
0: want to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, different stages in his career, you know, from Clueless to Ant-Man. <laughs> I mean... And even when he did that, oh my gosh, when he did that um Romeo and Juliet...
0: No, I don't know. I mean, there's just something about Paul Rudd. But at any rate, not that Ant-Man. Aww. Yeah. In this story, our heroine is named Isenia. She is a menops hunter. Menops are these giant ant aliens that the rest of the universe does not like. They have this hive mentality where a queen goes off, finds a world... That she wants to start her colony on and has like all these drones with her and she emits like this mind control fungus that takes over the minds of whoever's populating that world and causes them to do whatever she wants. Kill each other, build stuff, who knows. In the course of this universe, because there's this big story arc in the universe, the Iridium universe... The Menops took over Earth. They got thwarted, but okay. humans understandably feel upset about the Menops now. And so Esenia, her family was greatly impacted by the Menops invasion. And so she's turned her life into, I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> okay. Our hero is a Menops male. The way the Menops work is when a male reaches a certain age, he leaves to go find a new queen, right? Because he can't stay with his mom, obviously. And he hadn't got to that point yet when Menops Hunters came and murdered his entire colony. Yikes. His colony was far enough away from the whole Earth thing and everything that they had no idea about any of that. Oh. The people who killed his colony used a artificial version of the mind control fungus, turned it against his colony, and so he basically experienced the horribleness that his kind wreak upon other beings firsthand. Hmm. He's out for revenge as well. They both get stuck on a isolated planet she's actually hunting him he doesn't know that there's a language barrier and they have to work together to get out of a very dangerous situation and over the course of the story learn more about each other become able to communicate and fall in love and it's just really good it's definitely like a haters to lovers type of thing because they don't necessarily hate each other but they hate each other's kind even though he's an ant-man again not that (laughs) ant-man he was really cool i really enjoyed him and he was he was an awesome hero we have had another MenOps hero in in the iriduan universe but he like did this molting thing and became more humanoid but Okay. This one does not do the molting thing. Even though he could, he doesn't.
1: Oh, okay then.
0: They like it that way. So
1: there you go. Yeah, exactly. If they're happy, it's cool. And it kind
0: of brings this hopeful note to the universe that it kind of needs. Where maybe they can share that, you know what, what these menops do... Isn't necessarily the best way to go about it. Maybe there's another way they could handle their whole hive building thing that doesn't destroy entire planets full of, you know, <laughs> other living
1: creatures. That's an idea. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Yay.
0: Kind of a little potential redemption for the Menops species.
1: Yay, redemption. Redemption
0: that's it for this time check out our website romancemepodcast.com for our social media links show notes other episodes and our upcoming reads don't forget you can subscribe on apple google amazon or spotify or come follow us on our social media because it's super exciting we do nothing with it but maybe <laughs> we will someday
1: maybe someday uh speaking of socials in an awkward sort of way Were you romanced by Lexi and Austin Story? Let us know what you think. And of course, join us next time when we discuss The Duchess and the Cowboy by Deborah Erfurt. Should I try again? United States? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes! I stumbled, and I was like, no, run away!